0: Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. Hello everyone and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan and this is episode 102 I really don't know what to say about what just happened over the past few days. Um, The opening event of the 2022 WSL Championship Tour season, the Billabong Pro Pipeline, went off, like really went off. And there was no shortage of excitement being hurled around the surfing world. But with just cause, uh, the waves pumped. Uh, Eleven-time world champion Kelly Slater, six days shy of his 50th birthday, was transcendent and claimed his 56th CT victory, and now sits as world number one. Wild card Moana Jones-Wong took out the inaugural women's CT event at Pipeline and has earned another wild card into the upcoming event at Sunset Beach. These are the world's best surfers at the most dangerous wave on the planet, etching their names alongside past pipe champions like Jerry Lopez, Sean Thompson, Rory Russell, Michael Ho, Derek Ho, Tom Carroll, Andy Irons, Joel Parkinson, and many others. Uh, What an unbelievable event to start the season, and I'm sure we'll unpack more of it in the future. On the more believable side, uh, my fantasy team got absolutely crucified after the opening round. Um, (laughs) It's a real bloodbath to open up the season for me. In the lineup podcast fantasy league, my team is now ranked 195th after Pipeline. Um, But a big congrats to Team Rosa, who took top honors at the opening event. There's still time to join. If you haven't already, you can uh, just search the lineup pod league in the private leagues and punch in the password lineup, all lowercase, to enter ahead of the next stop at the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach presented by Shisheto starting on February 11th. It will stream live on worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. All right, episode 102. Today's guest is someone who... Honestly, if you didn't know who he was before Byte, you probably do now. A 2022 WCL CT rookie from the sands of Saquarema in Brazil, he's only 21 years young but is establishing himself as a potential torchbearer for the next generation of the Brazilian storm. As stylish and powerful a surfer as you're likely to find, he also has some legit Hellman credentials. Influenced in part by his older brother Lucas, but firmly established with his statement surfing at Pipeline over the past few days. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with Sakurama's Zhao Shianka. The good old clap take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did, I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up What? let's go.
1: He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly.
0: We can talk about DMT if you want. (laughs) I'm talking about boxing. Zhao Shianka, 2022 WSL Championship Tour rookie, is on today's episode of The Lineup. Zhao, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's an honor to be here, actually. Really cool.
0: So I assume you're still in Hawaii, Yeah, you know, how are you doing today? Where are you at in Hawaii and, and who are you hanging out with?
1: Yeah, I've been in Hawaii for like two weeks. I've been like at the Vulcan house. Here is the place that I stay. Everyone's the crew from from Vulcan Hawaii is like just awesome. Makes me feel like home. Yeah, been hanging like with Jack a lot, with Ben Rose. Um, Ta van Dy and Kaimairi a couple other people everyone's so cool to me so yeah
0: <laughs> Now I know the waves are a little bit smaller after really an insane few days for the event which we're gonna get to but but on these smaller days have you surfed yet today? are you gonna surf how do you how do you spend your kind of? you know, preparation management and get, make sure your body has time to recover. So, so are you going to surf today? What's it look like there?
1: <laughs> yeah. On the first two weeks is was like, probably like this winter has been like the best winter I ever had in my whole life. I never had surfed so much. It has been crazy, crazy runoff swell and waves and pipeline it has been firing probably every day. Yeah. I had so much fun. And <laughs> Julia just show up. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on Jack's room right now. So it, it has been crazy, you know? Small days has been like late days for me. I have mm-hmm. like been like chilling for a while. Like if I surf, I surf for like 25 minutes, 45 minutes. Don't surf a lot. Try to like use different boards to have fun and like enjoy Hawaii. It's just so great. This place, like you can like really like enjoy yourself like in every single way. Yeah. Has been fun. <laughs> I
0: thought I thought I might start with just a little story before we we dove into how amazing you run at Pipespin and, and all your other kind of career yeah. stuff. But I personally first heard of you and I think it was 2019, you, you win the Surfline Breakthrough Performer of the Season Award in Hawaii for a crazy like like if you if listeners are listening to this right now go and google this or youtube it or whatever the hell but like a crazy double up at backdoor <laughs> and i think you said you're on a 6-1 and i know you're still like a young dude you're only 19 and i'm like holy crap that was really amazing and then after that you know covid happens everyone goes into survival mode and frankly like I'd kind of forgotten about you. Like I, I obviously knew your brother from the big wave stuff. And I kind of thought I was just another like Chianka psycho charger guy. And then I'm in Haleiwa last year and I happened to look up when you're surfing and I'm like, oh my God, like this guy, <laughs> this guy is like surfing so fast and so stylish and so on rail. And I'm like, this is... And, and I mean, there's so many good surfers on the Challenger Series, but you were, a, at least when I looked up, like a cut above. And then oh my God. <laughs> you qualify. And then I get all these reports from the boys at Stab and the guys at Channel Islands about like, Zhao's going to really make an impact. And I thought, great, like, I we need another excellent addition to the championship tour always. And I said, maybe we can do a podcast at some point. And I kind of thought like, when we started talking about it, I'm like, this will be like, cool. I'll, I'm will i going to unearth Zhao Shianka a little bit. And then you have this run at pipe and everyone knows who you are now. So I don't know if the podcast is gonna to do too much, but you've had an incredible run over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. I mean two thousand nineteen was like really like the real deal for me. It was like a game change. I I had like put like so much work and I was kinda of like on the beginning of the the year struggling a lot still. Mm. And, like, I was like, what do I need to do, like, here? And then, like, the game changed. It was, like, in Chile when I won my first QS and then signed with Volcom and then came to Hawaii for my very first prime event, Triple Crown, hmm. and had that season where I got the breakthrough performance. That way, even off the wall, actually, hmm. the double up wasn't off the wall. Then like, right, I right. had like a sick runner at backdoor yeah those two ways was like crazy stuff that happened that winter and and then you know like everything changed like so fast like that's why i put that's why my number on on my jersey is 19 because like 2019 Mm -hmm. was like the year that like everything came together even like fuck if i if i think on the beginning like nothing was coming together but like to the middle to the second part of the year like everything was so amazing and then yeah i chose chose that number and And when you
0: when you talk about you were struggling in early 2019 can you can you talk a little bit more about that was it you know was it competitive results was it your surfing was it your like things in your personal life like what was going on and 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 more specifically like what was the thing that flipped it for you obviously coming to hawaii and signing with volcom and winning the qs in chile but but i'm curious as to like what went on at that point for you
1: yeah exactly exactly what you said the competitive results was wasn't happening at all and i was running out of budget to put on the tour i was sponsorless for like seven years that was the seventh year yeah pretty long pretty long i had like my best friends along the way samuel and matthias so yeah i was like look up to these guys and like saying like yeah I, i i think i'm put like i'm putting like even more effort and then the big flip the when the coin flipped and it was like in chile where i like was so good with myself and won my first qs and like i really wanted to like win a qs with 18 years old mm. and yeah jack and julia all filming behind me <laughs> uh, and yeah that that's that's where like the the whole thing like started i think yeah
0: and was that event at Chile? Was that at Irica? It was.
1: It was yeah. Iquique. a Iquique. little like right hander yep. inside of like start like slabbing it and then like yeah, right. little fun wave though really fun.
0: And so when you say you were without a sponsor for seven years, you're talking about from age 12 to 19. Yeah, right? sponsor crazy yeah, man
1: <laughs> sponsor. It was like from 13 years old to. Yeah, to nineteen, yeah, right. So it's, right. It's six years,
0: yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> We're gonna dive a little bit more into your beginnings, and I think, a, and after the commercial break. But I, I, since it's front of mind, we have to talk about the Billabong Pro Pipeline and your performance. So sure. you qualify for the tour. You've been in Hawaii for two weeks. There's been nonstop waves. As a CT rookie and and a very young CT rookie, I think you're only twenty one. Uh um, yeah. how do you prepare to to surf against not only the world's best surfers but at really the most dangerous spot of <laughs> on the planet at the first stop right
1: Oh man uh only god can tell how excited i was to surf the Billabong Pro I was calling a pipe masters but like now we cannot the the <laughs> name change but like it will be a forever pipe masters in my head because that was the event that I look up to like my whole life. Everyone like wants to be a pipe master, who doesn't? And yeah, I was just so excited to like make this thing happen. And but uh, I, I spent like the whole month after Haleiva at home preparing myself, really like getting stronger and training. So I think like. It all came together. I had Pinga by my side, which like worked with a lot of surfers, a lot of like amazing surfers and big history, big experience. He could like set me up to this whole thing. He could like prepare my mind to this whole thing. I was, when I got in Brazil, I was so frothing already to get back on the track, get back like on my train routine and my full schedule. And Pinga said, hey, why don't you take, like, a week at least, a break? Because, like, Haleiwa, Europe, California Challenge Series was so stressful for you. You you deal with a lot. You waited, like, the whole year of 2020 training, thinking on the qualifications. So yeah. why don't you, like, settle down a little bit, relax? Because." Things on the CT gonna be tough and hard and like so you're gonna need it, yeah. And then I took like a couple of weeks and then got back on the track.
0: That's what. It's a balance though, right? Because it because of the way the schedule's been redesigned, you don't want to relax too much, right? Especially and it's hard, right? Because it's over the holidays and New Year's and people like to party and you know eat what they want to eat, drink what they want to drink, you know all that stuff, but. It's not like it was before on the championship tour where we're starting at Snapper Rocks. We're not starting till March. So you have kind of a couple months to get back into it after the new year. It's like we're starting at Pipe. The waves are going to be serious. And it's a couple weeks after the new year. You kind of, you got to balance it out to where it's like, I need to unplug, but I can't unplug too much or it might, it might hurt me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was so, at the same time that I wasn't ready to get back on the track when I got home. Mm. When I, like, first week that, like, I went to train and stuff, I wasn't f- feeling, like, really inside of it. And I, I was, like, asking myself, what? Like, what happened to you? You got there, now, like, you're going to relax? Or, like, now you're mm-hmm. feeling, like, weird about it? And, yeah, that's what Pingo told me. Like, you need to relax. You needed to, like, settle down. You need like, your mindset needs to, like, restart reset the whole thing and that's what i did it felt great because like then and like after two weeks i got back in the heaviest track like training schedule and like felt like right to me
0: right you know it's interesting because we talk about this a lot on the podcast you know there's so much attention and hype around young surfers such as yourself coming up through the qualifying ranks that sometimes when a surfer qualifies they feel like this is as good as I need to be. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the best I'm going to be. All the magazines or magazines, all the you know, social media says I'm as good as I need to be. Um, I'm here, but so often, almost every time, that's proven wrong because the level at the championship tour is so much higher than what people think. And when you look at all these great surfers over time, whether it's Mick Fanning or Adriana de Souza like they qualify for the tour and they're very honest about I need to work on my backhand tube riding, I need to work on my rail game, I need to work on my airs, whatever it is. And they're very humble about the way they go, I've qualified and now the work begins. It sounds like you have a similar approach where you re- acknowledge like okay, I I'm I still have a long way to go before I I feel comfortable competing for world titles.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Even like 2019, hmm. I, I'm always, like, trying to be, like, humble and, like, present in where I am on the moment, on the very moment. So, 2019, I can say that to everyone, I wasn't trying to qualify. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was trying to get to the primes and, like, gain experience, gain, like, that, like, like, angry f- wheeling of, like, okay, now I'm ready. Now, like... Let's go for it. It flipped the the thing flipped so good for me that like the end of 2019, I I like realized that like if I don't dream bigger, time time goes by at the same time, and mm-hmm. sometimes like you gotta like just just believe and like give the, give like a trust shot to like take the things that it, that you want, you know and 2020 I like reset I spent like some quality quality time like with my family before the Volcom Pie Pro and said like you know what there is a whole year ahead of me of competition of like free surfing or whatever i'm going to qualify i'm going to go for it mm-hmm. and samuel said the same thing like matheus and yeah. yeah i went for it just like started like with the second place at the Vulcan Pipe, that was the, that was the thing actually for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we mentioned before that the, the tour has been redesigned and, you know, before the, the COVID season of last year, um, for decades, it started in March on the Gold Coast at Snapper Rocks, which is a radically different wave than Pipeline in January, February. Looking at that and looking at the way you surf, would you are you happy that the tour is starting at pipeline? I guess another way to think about it is do you think that you have a competitive advantage at pipeline compared to like a right hand point break like Snapper Rocks right now?
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's hard. Um, <laughs> I really I really think that I would go I I really think that I would do good at snapper. Uh, I think my forehand's like a good point off my surfing. But at Pipe, things, like, go and, like, you count yourself with, like, some other things, too. Not just surfing. Mm. It's more like attitude or, like, the time that you spend in the water and the time that you spend at Pipe. Because you got to know the, the lineup. The lineup, like, gets two times bigger when you're there by yourself with another guy. So right. it's a real deal. Pipe is a real deal. So, like, start the year here, for me, it's, like, the best thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely, like, could, like, go footer in the contest. Like, could, like, pass John and stuff. But, yeah, I'm happy with my performance. I think I, I did, like, probably everything that I could, like, in every single hit. Like, really, like, all, like, 100%, all my 100%, like, inside of the water, so...
0: It it was incredible. You you said something interesting just then about how the field expands to twice as big when you're out there in a heat by yourself or with one or two other people compared to when you're free surfing and there's 50, 80, 100 people out there. When you're out there free surfing, and and I'm always fascinated by this, but how much do you use other surfers as indicators? In the sense of you're sitting there, you're looking around. There's a stack of people that are paddling this direction or paddling that direction, and you go, "Okay, cool. Something's coming. It's coming from over there. I'm going to use that information to position myself." And how different is that when, as you pointed out, you're by yourself and you're like, "Oh, I got to. I have to know this by myself." Totally.
1: Uh, I think that's that's where it comes like to the experience and the amount of effort that you put on the wave. Mm. Uh, I didn't put, like, just this season or, like, the past season. I put, like, seasons, like, away. Like, I put, like, so many effort in Pipe. And I saw already so many cool stuff about the lineup and about the, the persons. I have the guys that I look up to at Pipe, which is, like, John, Nathan Florence, um, Jamie O'Brien, of course. James like, the best of the best. And I think those guys really like knows the wave like on the palm of their hands. They don't need like to look at it or like they, they just need like, they barely like look at the swell. They literally like feel it. And I spend a, a lot of time like surfing with these guys out there. Nathan has like ability to find the waves like on the inside. And such good waves, and John John just come like <laughs> rolling, <laughs> barreling, and like doing like incredible stuff. And Jamie like probably got the best waves I ever seen on there. And all all these things happen with me inside of the water in the lineup. So yeah, great experience. My experience at Pipe Bay is based like and be next to those guys and like learning every single thing so nowadays like when i go surf pipe i i really like feel that like i know every single like wave that i wanted to get the the angle the like swell or like anything i really i i really feel comfortable to surf like
0: that makes a lot of sense and and you mentioned as well you know signing with volcom a couple of years ago, Volcom has had its house and houses there for years at this point. They're institutions, and they've had everyone from, you know, Bruce Irons to Balaram Stack, and everyone that's, you know, either competed on tour around the tour or just pipe specialists that sort of occupy that house. I'd imagine that that's also a huge resource for you, just hanging out in the yard and talking to people who have so much experience there.
1: Yeah, totally. My first season on the vocal House, I had, like, opportunity to, like, know everyone i remember when i first like met brucey irons (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) he came like by the house to surf a little back door and like i just took a shot of us (laughs) and then like all the locals all the locals like used to hang in there hang out at the house and all the locals like love my brother love like how he goes for it on the big wave surfing yeah like kind of got but like kind of got lucky to have my brother doing so good on the big wave surfing and having everyone like accepting me well yeah i appreciate though
0: (laughs) i think that's a really good point i want to dive into the family and where you came from here we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors and we'll come right back wslstore.com is powered by shopify Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right. So right before we went to break, you mentioned your older brother, which I think is a great opportunity to talk about where you came from, what family life was like, mom, dad, do you have any more brothers or sisters? So, so where were you born, and uh, what, what was your family like growing up?
1: Okay, I'm born in Rio. Rio is state in Brazil. I think everyone got that far. But my family is from Sacramento. my whole family. My family, I say, my dad and my mom, grandma grandpa everyone's from Sakurama and i only have my brother and yeah my brother is five years old older than me and yeah everyone loves surfing things like just so natural <laughs> for <laughs> for us yeah
0: And we've had a bunch of events in Sacrema. That's where our championship tour event is these days. But for listeners who have never maybe been there, can you describe the town a little bit and also the waves and and the surfing community there?
1: Sure. Um, Sacrema is a really small town, two hours driving from Rio, the capital. It's more like a farm style. Like Mm. it's really like, cool neighborhood not many like buildings like more like the houses stay really next to the beach uh we we doesn't get like a lot of people like coming into the city and it's a really cool place really quiet like when i go train during the week is empty empty cool. i literally like have had like experience to surf by myself perfect waves and no one else like no one else around, like, or no one's filming. No one's, like, going to believe in me <laughs> when I say that. And the waves, the waves in Sacramento, I think, like, the tour can say that. It's, we just had, like, so much fun watching the comp there, going there. Itauna is the main spot, the the, the long left and the little, like, right to the channel. And we have Bahia, which is the star. Uh, it's an incredible wave i uh, I not even like know how it got that good i i <laughs> I don't remember like getting that good like on my childhood like <laughs> when I was like re- really young but yeah it turned on it it turns out like the bat i think the best wave like in the whole country like when when we say like about like international waves and stuff crazy sandbar though
0: that's pretty good because I feel like most people the waves get worse as they get older. Like I always remember waves when I was a kid and I'm like, oh that wave used to be so much better and then now <laughs> I see oh like maybe it wasn't, but for you it went the opposite. Barinha is like a legitimate like world class wave.
1: Yeah, the the locals the locals, everyone loves me and my family. We are so like well welcome like right there. And Bahia is like the locals say that Bahia was better when i didn't bo- i wasn't born all right yeah. and i don't believe it i think it's <laughs> like a lie yeah it is what it is i i've never seen like so good the day at the comp that mm-hmm. like we had like felipe winning like 993 or like whatever yeah i've never seen like that like until my like 15 years old right? yeah Mm.
0: and when you when you say your family was really welcomed by the surfing community up just up the beach at barinha what's that from is that from you know your parents or your older brother like what do you think that came from just just them being so welcoming to you guys coming up there to surf
1: yeah my dad my dad Mm. actually was it's a surfer uh he was from sacramento he's like a local there you can say a local We don't really like had this local thing in brazil but like yeah, he was born in Sacramento and spent his whole life there. So many, the the city, as I said, the city is really small. So like probably everyone knows like each other. And yeah, like we are so beloved there. I, I feel, I always like feels great. Like when I'm there.
0: Yeah. And it has such a strong, it's such a strong surfing community. I've been fortunate enough to be there, to go there a few times. I really enjoy it. You know your brother you mentioned is five years older than you lucas chumbo and you're i'm gonna screw up the pronunciation but maybe you can correct me chumbinho is that how yeah. do you how do you all right so you nailed it yeah
1: you, you did better than like 90 percent of the <laughs> i'm
0: gonna take it i'm gonna take that for sure <laughs> yeah. but the you know your brother is a fantastic all-around surfer but really is made a name for himself in the kind of the elevated big wave charger psycho wave realm for you growing up did that appeal to you at all like obviously you have like hellman credentials in hawaii and elsewhere but you've also been able to carve out a very high performance career for yourself at such a young age. And those things don't always happen. Like you don't always have like a big wave superstar that's also a a CT competitor. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally.
1: I don't think that ever happened, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think think me and my brother is like different from everyone because Lucas, you always could tell that like he loved big wave surfing. When we were doing like the juniors, I always had like so much good results and Lucas, like, not as, not the same, mm. but such a good surfer. Yeah, I think like Dabasel wrote, wrote like a page from that. For, I don't know, like five years ago when I, when I was on the world juniors at Kayama that I got third. WSL like wrote a page like saying like they have the same goal but like it goes like different ways right. and I've 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 always like love high performance surfing and love big waves too love love big barrels but I don't want to take the risk <laughs> never <laughs> never really want to
0: well it it's interesting too right because uh, you know I think the way that you articulated it's right. Like you kind of develop and you develop and you develop. And as you pointed out, especially with brothers, you know, it's so rare that you have brothers that do the exact same thing the whole way. It's really rare. I mean, the Hobgood brothers is maybe the closest where they were both on the CT. They're both winning CT events. But even when you look at something like the irons brothers you know they they advanced and advanced and advanced and even though they're both on the ct at the same time you bruce obviously didn't have the same competitive success that andy did and he kind of became more of a free surfer that was on tour whereas andy Mm -hmm. was just this dominant competitor so with you and your brother as you pointed out luca wasn't getting the same competitive results that you were so he probably said okay well i'm gonna spend a little more time chasing big waves and for you, yeah. as you pointed out, you loved high performance surfing. You had this amazing group of people around you: Samuel Pupo and Matthias Herdy. It, it makes sense that you guys ended up both at a very high level, and as you point out, with the same goal, but kind of different trajectories.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lucas, like I could always tell, like how much he loved the the, the big wave, mm. the big wave stuff. It, it's just crazy. It's like a natural talent. That's what we call like. Mm. When he first went to Jaws, he he went like without a vest, and he still like score gigantic waves, mm-hmm. and and then it came Nazareth, and Nazareth was the 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 flip point for Lucas. That's yeah. when like he realized, oh, I, I found myself, and and I've always like had my like mindset, my mind really like secure on the QS. Career Mm. and on the city career. Right.
0: But it's almost like a little bit of a secret weapon for you, too, right? Because I'm sure you're able to tap into Luca a little bit for like heavy water insights that maybe help you out at places like Tahiti or Sunset Beach or Pipe, obviously, you know. Whereas other surfers that are coming up that don't have that resource are kind of like, oh God, like, you know, I've got to figure this out. And I'm used to surfing beach breaks, and here we're at the reef break. And so it's kind of cool that you probably get to tap into that a little bit competitively.
1: Totally, totally. I, have like, I feel that like having Lucas by my side was like one of like the greatest things that happened to me because he, he taught me to surf big waves and not to be scared of it, to use my talent to like perform in every single wave. Hmm. Whatever how big it is, like doesn't matter like, if you have the talent, if you have the technique, you can, like, perform, and I think that's, that's, like, what makes, like, John and Gabriel so good, too, on the tour, in every single condition, because, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, good guys there, but, like, when things change, when, like, waves get, like, really big, like, it's not, like, a lot of guys that, like, can, like, have the mindset and the the concentration to like hey i got this you know it's just like few feet speaker or whatever like, <laughs> yeah, I a
0: few more inches <laughs> on the board and we'll see how it goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you your career is coming at a time that's so radically di- i've been at the WSL since my 17th year but when i started You know, Brazilians have been a part of the championship tour since its inception in 1976. And there's been amazing Brazilians that have competed throughout those decades. But really, one of the the ceiling shatterers from Brazil, in my experience, was Adriana de Souza, um, who really started winning CT events, started challenging for a world title in a way that cleared the path for the Brazilian storm, Gabriel wins the first world title for Brazil in 2014. Adriano, in, in what I think is almost an underappreciated act, comes back and wins in 2015, which is amazing considering everything he'd put in. But yeah. I, I would imagine that when you were coming up on the, Q, the Juniors and the QS and the Challenger Series, you had so many models to look at in addition to your brother that were succeeding at the CT level. Were some, who were some of the people that inspired you from Brazil that were on tour at that time?
1: totally i've always like look up to these guys too i've Mm. always looked up to well gabriel was when gabriel like first compete on the ct i was like really young and couldn't like really measure how big was the thing that that guy like was making on the tour right like you know so yeah When I first, like, started the QS, I, like, started, like, to realize, oh, my God, like, these guys, Philippe Toledo, Gabriel, Adriano, Jadison, fuck. These guys, like, really, they are out of the curve. They are, like, in another level. I think that's the the names that, like, really, like, brought us up. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, these guys. That's the
0: team. Uh, of course, you know, and those guys, I'm glad you mentioned Jadson too, because Jadson came in a few years after Adriano and really for a number of years, there are other Brazilians on tour, but it was kind of those two guys. I want to say Jadson was a rookie in 2010 and I think he won, uh, I think he won the Brazil, Santa Catarina that year. Yeah, um, and but but it was at a time when you know most of the surfing world outside of South America was not very kind to either Jadson or Adriano like those guys had to take a lot of they criticism were exactly they're pissed that brazilians were winning and it's such a funny thing yeah. and, and uh, i mean funny in hindsight but really hard for those guys at the time and now that you're coming on tour it probably just feels like a completely different attitude towards brazilian surfing in terms of those criticisms that were really unfair in the past around like style or whatever just they're not there anymore at all and and they never really should have been
1: yeah we had have, we had have rayoni too yeah it's like one of my favorite surf back like when I look back, it was, like, one of my favorite surf to watch at home because, like, I grew up watching him and Leo Navis, too. So, yeah. yeah, Ronnie, like, was, like, so inspiring to me on that. Like, it was, like, the last guy from Rio to represent, to be representing on the tour. So, I like, seven years later, here I am. So, <laughs> yeah, totally. Jadison, Adriano. They were like the piece of star, and they kept going, kept going, kept going, and then like out of control. Then mm. like Gabriel and Felipe came, and then Idolo, and all that stuff. Here's Jack. <laughs>
0: yeah, you mentioned two of your colleagues in um, Matias Herdy and Samuel Pupo. Now Samuel is on a tour this year with his older brother Miguel and. He had, Samuel's been having an amazing run at pipe as well. Matias had a wild card last year in Mexico and and made a huge international name for himself. It wouldn't surprise me if he was on tour soon as well. But you know, talk a little bit about those guys and how they've pushed your own surfing to get to this level.
1: Well, um, have Samuel and Matias actually like they are like the part of my story on like surfing and stuff, because that Those guys, like, pushed me so much. And I realized myself, like, with, I don't know, 16, 16 years old or, like, 15 years old, that, like, I wasn't, like, surfing as good as they, they were. Mm. So, yeah, they, they made, like, me realize how much effort I sh- would have to, like, put into it, you know? Right. And... I just got like addicted to it. I just like chased those guys like forever.
0: (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned how important, you know, that winter season in 2019 was for you. Signing with Volcom and feeling like that was the aha moment for you where you're like, I can do this. We go into COVID lockdown in 2020. Not a lot happens. 2021 still pretty chaotic, but you have this sort of truncated season on the Challenger Series. And I'm looking at your results now. There's a, a 25th at the U.S. Open, a 25th in Haleiwa. But you really did a lot of damage in Europe, right? Back-to-back ninths in Erisera and in France. So talk to us about just the experience of having so few opportunities and having to make the most of those to qualify last year.
1: Yeah. I knew, I knew that the Challenger Series was going to be, like, really tough. But if, if you allow me to speak, 2020 mm. was one of the best things that ever happened to me. It's maybe, like, so cruel to say that because the pandemic was, like, so not cool. And it was, like, horrible. I, I'm mm. not even, like, wants to get, want to get into it. But 2020, no contest. Yeah. I had literally, the, the time had stopped. For me to put all my energy, all my passion, all my my like ah, willing, like uh, all my force, like to surfing and like develop and like improvement. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that's that's maybe like it is it is meant to be, you know. Maybe like it's supposed to be like that. Like maybe mm-hmm. like I have like a year off to like surf and improve maybe like i wasn't even ready in 2020 maybe like i i'm not even ready for 2021 but like who knows i had like a year off to like put all my energy into surfing and into getting better every single day one percent better that makes like 365 percent better (laughs) in the end of the year that's like that's great that one made the most of it Right. Of my preparation to the challenge
0: series. It's a little bit like those sliding doors moments, right? Where people talk about oh, slide door slides that way, door slides this way, something else could happen. If yeah. you know, hearing you talk about it, it's almost as if you're saying, if you didn't have that year off and you were just, you know, back on the QS, back on the challenger series, whatever it was you might not be on tour right now. You might still be on the QS of the Challenger Series. You might might not be another five years before you qualified or ever, right? And and hearing you talk about it, it's like, as you rightly pointed out, the pandemic has and continues to be so awful for so many people, but it did afford you space to work on you surfing.
1: Totally, totally. It was like the best thing that like happened to me on that time. Like, and 2020 was the best winter or the best year of surfing of my whole life, and I didn't make a single surf trip. Hmm. I stay like in Sacramento the whole winter. Wow! Well, it was like the best run waves that I had home like that I had at home like in a while. I don't think that ever gonna happen. I guess. <laughs> and yeah making the most of it like on the challenges series was just like so important to me i was so excited for you the u.s open got so bummed but like iriseta was was a wave that that like really fits to my surfing and friends i was like really exciting but like i was feeling the pressure already to back it up my result from iriseta so like it was a really hard contest for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like going up and down in my emotions. Like like every every single heat was a really important heat for me. And Haleiva was the, I, I kind of got like disappointed because it was the place that I really wanted to seal the deal, right. like to like qualify with the like hype and like that feeling of like well you did it you did it like and you did it like really nice but the the reward when you get reward you never you never really know how is how it gonna play for you it plays different for every single of us so like it played different for me but like it played on the best way possible
0: completely and do you remember the moment where it was confirmed that you had qualified did you get a call from Travis Logie like how did that happen yeah i
1: was i had my heat with jack and shion and tiago come on on the second round and then that heat i lost and went home had like 5 days off day off that that thing, like, was one of, like, the longest days I ever had in my whole life. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I made the whole math, and I knew it. The guys that, like, could make it or not. But still, like, the third round is a, like, big round. It's a still, like, a big round to, like, run. So, mm-hmm. like, a lot of guys, like, fell from the rankings. And, like, oh, my God, that's good. So, like, quarterfinal it is. If, like, Jacob, such a good guy, but if Jacob doesn't make it, that's it. It's All over. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, it played like that. Jacob, like, couldn't make his heat. I woke up early on that morning to be the first guy in the water. So <laughs> I I could make sure that they would, like, run the contest and not, like, delay or, like, not another lay day. <laughs>
0: Because you couldn't take it, you couldn't take another lay day. Yeah, (laughs) I need need to get this over one way or another.
1: I'm gonna go Haleiwa first light, and I'm gonna like rip (laughs) and like show them like that. Like show them that the waves are good and the conditions has to be on. And yeah, they they run the contest, and then after Jake lost, Travs try to like contact me. Hey, we are doing the the math. Like we are pretty much sure that like you're in it that's how like i received my my qualification news yeah. and it was like oh my god it's done it, That that's it like wow like <laughs> just like <laughs> kind of emotional when i look at pinga pinga was kind of crying and like i never seen pinga crying and then like called my mom and dad and they were already like tears up like oh my god you qualify, you got there. Lucas was like, Lucas is a way more emotional guy than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I went to the beach, got to talk to everyone. My girlfriend was, my ex-girlfriend was there and all the stuff and all my friends. And it was just such a cool moment um, when Kaipo came to like, when Strider came to do the interview. It was just like that's it, that's it. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> Surreal. And that moment, I was like already thinking at Pi, like oh right, Pi. Like I'm, a, I'm Pi. Like yeah, that, that was
0: it. I love it. Well, we got a couple more topics, and we definitely have some listener questions for you. But we're going to take one more break to get a word in from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. So y- you talked a little bit about you know how how good it felt to land with a a company like Volcom and the support and the validation and how that was a a real flip for you. I know that around your qualification campaign in Haleiwa last year, there was another big sort of contract thing coming for you, which was just around who's going to be your board builder. And you ended up landing with the guys at Channel Islands. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that conversation and then what it means to you to ride for a a brand that has produced so many world champions
1: yeah first like i really want to like thank you and just ask that question and thanks the guys from channel island they are so good to me they they like have done like they really have like proved proved to me that like i i made the right decisions and it started, like, four months before the Challenges series. I was really... I I always, like, wanted to, like, test other boards. I had my shaper in Brazil, Ricardo, that, like, built so many boards for so many good guys, like Adriano, Kaibali, Andy already used his boards. and So, yeah, such a good shaper. I had, like, a solid solid relationship with him and well the the boards was feeling good but like i with all the challenges serious pressure i had to make sure i had to make sure for myself that like i was doing every single thing to like qualify every single thing that i could i was doing it Mm -hmm. and i had to make sure and then i accept to test couple boards from ci and it played it played out like so good to me because the boards like were amazing the Portugal event and France event it was like one board so that boy like made my whole like make like, made, made like a, a big big part of my qualification campaign and yeah and it played like that. And Hale- I didn't have, like, a contract or anything. I didn't have, like, really sealed the deal. But, like, the, the guys with from China Island, like, were so, so excited to, like, build me boards and so excited to, like, have me on the team. That, like, I just, like, felt so good about myself to have, like, a big brand like that wanting me so bad. and. Mm. Yeah, that's why I accepted the the board from Haleiva. F- feels so good. It's a magic board. It's the my room, like upstairs. It's just amazing. Really hoped like to keep like working with them like a long time, like looking a long term way.
0: Well, and it, um, it, it's interesting to hear you talk about that too, because the surfers, especially at the elite level, kind of fall into a couple of camps in the sense of there are surfers who want to work with one shaper across all the spots, you know, and they're different spots. There's beach breaks, there's reef slabs, there's point breaks, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's other surfers who say, I'm going to use these boards in these waves. I'm going to use this shaper in those waves, et cetera. And so for someone like yourself to say, I work with Channel Islands, like using those in Europe on the Challenger Series is one thing, but then also being able to have confidence in them to do what you did out at pipe or out at sunsets, it's a big deal.
1: It is. It is for sure. I was like, well, China Island surfboards is they are still like really new to me. I'm still mm-hmm. like figure it out figuring out like models and like the the boards that I like. I'm really like marking my place inside of the the brand.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, but I have like the boards that I liked. I before pipe I had like a big chat with Britt, which which is my shaper. So yeah, we talk about, like, how, how I wanted the boards, like, how I feel, what, what experience I had, like, with my previous boards and how, how like, it would be, like, my pipe board, how, mm-hmm. like, how it would be. And, like, I had, like, this big conversation with Britt and Britt, like, totally, like, connect with me so good and fully agree, agreed with my ideas and my way of thinking. So that that makes like really easy. Like as long as the guy like agree with me and like really like feel the same thing, he could like put in a great work. I went on the on my last heat with John. I went on a six four because like I really wanted to ride that board. That board like felt great on the first round, and it was like a really short board to that day. If I if like was in any other occasion i will ride a six six but like six four it was like it, it played like really well i'm really glad to like see that like we could could like transfer all my ideas all my like experience and all that like all all the things that like we we had we chat about like inside of the surfboard and right. i'm really excited like for sunset too because it feels like the, that the boards like feel so good at pipe like on the bottom turn and like how like it holds so well. And yeah, probably gonna like place good at sunset too.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about that too, because I mean, the boards uh, worked well, but I mean, you were the pilot, like you did all the work and, and as a rookie in a lower seed, you end up coming up against these Titans and you had an amazing run at pipe, you know, starting out against, I think it was John and Jadson, and then having to go against your, your Volcom teammate, maybe housemate Jack, um, in the next round. And then, you know, you had that shootout with John where you really put it to him. It was, it was Really, really impressive sunset it's another big wave spot, but it's so different to pipeline in terms of what the wave actually is. as far as the boards you're using go, do you have pipe boards and sunset boards, or are the boards you're using kind of you feel comfortable on them at both spots?
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of like i I actually like have my boards for sunset separate mm. than right. the, the ones that I use for butt. I had like a full patch for pipe because pipe was like really my my like biggest goal on this season so yeah i had like a really big patch for pipe then sunset it's complicated it's not like the place that you're gonna like use 10 boards or like tested it 10 boards like as long as you rode the rail I'm glad. Yeah, I I feel ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's a complicated wave, you know, like I, I don't really like understand sunset. I had like a couple like great heats on the past, but like it's a really complicated wave. Like I think it's going to be like one of the biggest challenge for me.
0: I think it's a big challenge for everyone. Like, it, you know, it's been it's been on the CT in the past. It's been a QS or a Challenger Series event in the past. And it's one of those places that year over year over year. There's guys who you're like that guy's going to do well at sunset. And it's such a big playing field that even the best guys can get lost. And even people like someone like Kelly Slater, who has probably been surfing there longer than you know both you and I have even been alive. Yeah, he's like I, I endlessly frustrated with it because it's just one of those things where it's a different way of every day almost. And so I. I think it's an interesting place. As far as the other venues on tour go, especially these first five venues, because you have to finish in the top 22 to make it to the back half of the season this year before the mid-season cutoff, you're already off to a great start. How much experience do you have at places like Super Tubos in Panish or Bells Beach or Margaret River?
1: Yeah, I've already surfed at Super Tubos. I've never surfed at Bells and neither West Oz. Mm-hmm. So it's going to like be really like challenging for me cuz like I got to like figure it out those like spots but from like my perspective every every single place is like such good waves and such a good like time of the year to to have like good conditions so like I think it's just like part of the job like you got to like adapt yourself like to whatever and like make a good you're probably
0: you're probably in good shape too because as you pointed out you've got louis campos pinga in your corner as well and he's has so much experience like shepherding elite talent around the world and then you've got your teammate jack robinson too who can probably show you around margaret river um but imagine you're in good shape
1: (laughs) yeah totally i was talking to to jack how like how i wanted like to to know his house i'm like I wanna like to spend some time with him there like just to surf, just to cruise, like not not much like of business or like commitment stuff, you know, just to cruise. Like Jacks is a great friend, like we surf every day at pipe and like we already have surfed sunset too. It's it's just interesting. Portugal is a place that, that I love. The the people, the food, the culture. So like yeah. And it's it's probably gonna be like barreling conditions too, because like it's on the middle of the
0: middle of winter and good winds, a lot of swell. Yeah. Totally. I'm I'm really looking forward to that one too. We talked a little bit earlier about you know the humility that, that a lot of our world champions have had when they've qualified, in the sense of they didn't feel like they were fully formed as surfers when they qualified. They had work to do. If you had to assess your own surfing right today, what would you say your biggest strengths are, and what would you say are areas that you want to work on to get better at this level?
1: I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna start with the the areas that I really want to work on because I really feel that like I can gain so much, so much experience on my air game, my especially my backside air game. And I feel that like my strengths definitely are like how comfortable uh, I am like in waves like pipe and Tahiti or I, I've never surfed in Tahiti, but how comfortable like I, I'm i like I found myself in the lineup when like waves are pumping.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Well, look, are you going to try to surf Tahiti before the event? Are you going to try to take a trip there or is the schedule just a little bit too much?
1: The schedule is a little bit too much, but uh, definitely like spend like some quality time there before the comp. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. Before the season started, reigning three-time world champion Gabriel Medina pulled out of of pipe, um, stating, you know, personal reasons, nursing and injury, but has mentioned mental health. Um, And this has been such a topic for athletes inside and outside of surfing in the last few years, is this something that you take into account for yourself when you're a rookie, you're starting out? How do you kind of protect the mental health side of things for you? Or is this something you haven't really thought about yet?
1: Yeah, totally. I, I do have thought about Because <laughs> I think the mindset of, a, of an athlete is like his biggest weapon and not just his talent today like we have to count like with so many things like outside of surfing and yeah i think gabriel has been like through some tough moments more than like more than right to like take that decision hard one but like really wise really mature
0: makes sense Well, we did put out a a feeler for Instagram questions. And I think after your performance at Pipe the last few days, we got like (laughs) hundreds of people like, oh, my God, I got questions for Zhao!" But we whittled it down to to three. Um, And the first question is from Et Noor Beller, who asks, do you have any tips you can give to surf with confidence as you did at Pipe? You were amazing. So what wow. tips would you have for people to, who, want it, who want it, even if it's not pipe, maybe just serious waves? Like, how do you surf with such confidence?
1: <laughs> Bro, I think you gotta love it, you know? I think you gotta love it. I think you gotta, like, have, like, so much passion for it. Yeah, I always, like, put so much effort and always, like, loved so much to get barreled. So pipe is just, like, a bonus for me. Pipe is just, like, it's not even like a thing that I look up to. It's like more like a reward that I got for like liking it so much conditions like that. I think that's it.
0: That's a great if you answer. like
1: find yourself like around there, you're good.
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, the next question is from at Lamarca.pedro who asks, do you check Barinia if it's pumping when you're away from home? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, Bahia was pumping on my way to Hawaii. I I left Brazil, and Bahia was literally going like ten out of ten behind <laughs> the rocks, and like I got so mad because Bahia like <laughs> didn't like play, didn't like had like so much moments in on the last year. So yeah, <laughs> it was funny though. But yeah. glad, glad for my friends that like scored at home.
0: That's good. Last question that we picked from the Instagram community is from Weber 4 who asks, "What non-result goals do you have for your first season on the CT?"
1: Non-result goals. That's hard. Can you can you like? Ex-
0: That's a good, it's a tricky specific. question. I wonder if he means yeah. like. You know, do you want to get just an amazing wave in Tahiti or something? Or do you maybe it's something outside of surfing? Do you want to uh, just Yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like he what he's asking is like absent like I want to finish in the top 10 or I want to win an event. Like what are some of your goals? What is one goal for the year outside of that?
1: Yeah. Sure. We are dealing with the cut thing, right? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much my first goal just step by step having fun at my heats letting letting go of my emotions outside of the water saying that I say that like pipe at the same time that like was incredible for me inside of the water outside of the water was a little bit like rough because yeah just some like I I, like had a person now I don't have anymore so like it, it played like really hard to like deal with like things like outside of the water Mm -hmm. but like fully like had to like enjoy and and be like grateful like for what i have like happening in my life right now and it's so much stuff that's why like gabriel like did so good and like taking like this time off Mm -hmm. and yeah i think like my goal is like definitely like looking like to the end of the year not expecting but like putting a lot of hard work on it it's like to be rookie mm-hmm. the 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 rookie of the year totally that's like my main goal but but like i really want to improve myself i really want to like have i really want to like find myself like enjoying heats heat by heat like wave by wave like improving because like it's such a it's such a long way it's such a long tour like there's a lot of stuff to happen still
0: yeah i think that's a great answer and as you pointed out you know you're in a profession where outside the water stuff's always happening in life you know and yeah and you are in a profession where you have to perform and sometimes in front of a very bright spotlight and it's you know how do you how do you take whatever's happening in your life good or bad and use it in the heat And that can be a challenge. It can also be a benefit to have something, right? Where you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to shut this off and I'm going to pour everything into this profession. So I think it's uh, something I think we all struggle with, but I think you had a really great answer on that. So thanks to everyone who wrote in on the Instagram or at uh, Twitter uh, at the lineup pod. We appreciate that. We're now down to our final segment. So it's time for the lightning round. These are 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can.
1: Okay.
0: All right. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad, bonzer or finless, which would you choose? Thruster. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Burrito or pizza? Oh, pizza. <laughs> Last book you read?
1: Uh, never read.
0: <laughs> there you go. Best surf film ever?
1: Uh, Strange than Fiction. Yeah. That's a
0: good one. Uh, what is one wave you never have to go back to?
1: Peru <sighs> uh, Brazil.
0: <laughs> if you only get to surf one way for the rest of your life,
1: definitely Bahia pumping.
0: Who is the best person to share a lineup with?
1: Definitely my brother. Yeah.
0: Worst person to share a lineup with?
1: Definitely my brother.
0: <laughs> 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 I like it. Last one uh, finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by
1: by making the cut.
0: I like it. Zhao, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Congratulations on not only qualifying, but just how incredibly you surfed out at pipe. I can't wait to see you surf sunset in the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. We're really excited. We're big fans.
1: Thank you. That's such a great opportunity. Thank you guys for having me, and I appreciate and like look up to more of this. Yeah,
0: right on. Thanks, Zhao. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with Sakuraemas Zhao Shianka. I hope you enjoyed it. The opening event of the 2022 WSL Championship Tour season, the Billabong Pro Pipeline, has wrapped in historic fashion, and we are staring down CT stop number two, the Hurley Pro at Sunset Beach presented by Shisheto. The event will stream live on worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. This episode is produced by Henry Beyer with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that is recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, the Kumie and the native Hawaiian people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are and we'll see you next Tuesday.